welcome to the Staying Free podcast. So it's been a while since my last episode and uh, I wanted to make my first episode of 2024 something a little bit different and to just kind of, I guess, give you guys a bit of an update as to where I want to take the show and, you know, the kind of things I've been thinking about lately and have an opportunity to just share kind of what's on my mind and um, everything that's been going on because, you know, I haven't really done this at all since starting the podcast. I think that when I first started, I had this introductory episode, which was just me talking. And then ever since that episode, it's been me speaking to guests, you know, and that's just been it. And I've had the opportunity during that to share a few of my thoughts, but not really kind of give an update on where I see this podcast going and where I see this movement going and just give my general thoughts about it. Because, you know, I started this podcast, as you guys will know, if you've been listening since the beginning, off the back of everything happening with COVID. And during that time, I really thought that there was a space there to have a podcast that was just getting the perspective of individuals who have actually been really taking part and playing their small role, as it were, in the freedom community. So I spoke to a lot of people, mainly people I was just connected with on Twitter and just getting everyone's ideas and perspectives. And and really in those early episodes, it was it was all about COVID. That was it, Uh, you know, because that was the kind of hair on fire problem. That was the hair on fire, you know, threat to our freedom that we were facing at the time. And so looking back now, at those earlier episodes, I definitely feel like that was the the major theme and people in the freedom community got that. You know, I think they understood that that was something that needed to be talked about, but I think things have moved on since then. And, you know, I just kind of want to bring you guys up to speed with where I want to take the podcast and um, yeah, just everything that's kind of going on more on a personal level for me with the podcast and uh, everything that I'm doing here. So really, I think that the way that I'm approaching everything now, which is quite different from when I first started, this is that I'm coming from much less of a emotional level. I think that during the time that all of this was going on, everyone was rightfully, I don't want to say scared, but I guess were on some kind of a war footing on an individual level, like, you know, really prepared to kind of go down fighting for freedom. And I think that the approach that you have mentally when you're going through that is very different to now when, you know, the world has changed a lot and we actually have kind of the time and space to really reflect and say, okay, you know, where are we taking this thing? Like, what's actually happening in the world, you know, from a wider view outside of just these, you know, individual threats. Because, you know, I still see people talking a lot on Twitter about, you know, what the WEF's doing and, you know, whether they're going to spin up a new virus narrative or whatever it is. And there's a place for that. I'm not saying there's no place for that, but I just think that things have moved on. And actually what's happening now is way, way bigger than that. So what I actually think has happened off the back of COVID, and, you know, maybe this has happened many times before, you know, maybe this has happened in the past on many different occasions. But I think that COVID really was the straw that broke the camel's back in the sense that a lot of people just turned away completely from the mainstream, from all mainstream narratives, not just COVID. I think that a lot of people just recognized there was this lie here that was being told. And people said, you know what? Like, I don't believe this. And then once you kind of like swallowed that pill, you go down that road and you say, what else should I not believe? What are the other lies in society that I'm not being told about? Uh, What are the other untruths? And I think once you start going down that path, you know, it's a lonely road. Honestly, it's a lonely road because you kind of realize you expect other people to come with you on that journey, but it doesn't necessarily happen. But I think it's an important journey that individuals go down. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's just that individual journey towards seeking out truth and seeking out freedom. And, you know, I think truth and freedom are very, very interconnected. And the way that I want to talk about this today is just by going through with some quotes that really resonate with me because, you know, I always find that we think about the things that we're going through in life and we, and we say, Hey, like 
this has never happened before. You know, it's so unique. It's, you know, we've never been in this paradigm before and what's going to happen. And, you know, that can come with a lot of fear, etc. But I actually think that if you look at the writings of great authors and, you know, quotes, I mean, I'm not a huge reader, honestly. I'm a bit of a, uh, a poor reader, so I tend to kind of like skim read. And But, you know, when I read, I always... I always take down quotes and they really resonate with me. And then I kind of look back on them and say, okay, can this be applied to what's happening now? Because I think that a good quote really speaks to the human condition. And um, I was just compiling a few quotes and I want to share them with you today. And I hope that you'll get some value from this as well. So the first quote I want to share is about the masses. And it goes like this. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to defy error if error seduced them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. An individual in a crowd is a grain of sand amid other grains of sand, which the wind stirs up at will. That's by Gustave Le Bon. So I think that quote there really will resonate to anyone who has gone down this journey, not necessarily just since 2020, but it might have been something else. You know, maybe you've found out, looked into the monetary system, or maybe you've looked into some big world event that you know didn't occur as the mainstream narrative is claiming that it occurred. And I think there's two particular lines in this quote which really articulate the point, and that is, the masses have never thirsted after truth, and whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. And it's difficult to talk about these things without sounding somewhat, I guess, I don't want to say elitist, but maybe kind of disparaging towards, you know, the average person, quote unquote, the masses. But I do think there's some truth here. I think that there are a lot of people who we have to accept want to live their life according to the most comfort. And the most comfort involves swallowing lie after lie because it's not comfortable knowing the truth. It's not comfortable knowing there's people out there who actually have malicious intentions, you know, and that the world isn't as it seems. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard this thing before where people say, oh, you know, people who believe in conspiracies and this kind of thing, you know, they, they just believe that because they want to know that someone's in control. They, you know, it's, it comforts them to know that there's someone in control and the world isn't, isn't all random. But actually, I see it very much the opposite way. I think that people who refuse to believe a perhaps more dark view of the world when presented with evidence which indicates that, and they say, well, no, I don't, I'm not going to believe that version of events. I think those are the people seeking comfort. I think those are the people who actually want to live in a world of illusion and they want to live in a world which feels safe because it's scary to think that you might actually have misaligned incentives with very powerful people. And I'll just present a couple of examples here of where this quote really rings true. The first, of course, let's go back to 2020 during COVID. During that time, people chose to believe something which was completely contrary to their actual real life experience of the world. You know, we saw these videos of people in China, you know, dropping dead on the streets and all the rest of it. And But nobody actually ever saw that. Nobody, you know, in the real world walked out on the street and saw people dropping dead. Most people don't know anyone who died from COVID, you know, and if they did, Normally it was someone who had, you know, a lot of pre-existing conditions, you know, who was very old and actually they had a very, very compromised immune system. That's actually people's real um, view of the world. However, people would turn on the news and say, okay, this is what I'm going to believe now. Now, why did they do that? Why did people say, I'm going to believe what I'm hearing on the news as opposed to my own experience of the world? I think that that's because people want illusions. People actually, the illusion was safer. The illusion was the less scary option. People went for that. I see this also when it comes to money. When I speak to people about Bitcoin and say, you know, what's happening in the financial system and the fact that, you know, money is debt and all these other things. 
a lot of the time people's first reaction is just say, well, you must be crazy. Like that can't be the way it's happening. And when you say, well, here's the evidence that is happening. Here's the evidence of the money being printed. Here's the evidence through inflation. That's your real experience of the world. And people say, well, no, like they, they reject it because that's a scary concept. It's a scary concept thinking essentially that the entire financial system is rigged against you. And even though you present a solution and say, well, look, there's this thing called Bitcoin. Well, that's scary too, because that's a risk. You know, most people aren't doing it. You know, so, so it's difficult to escape the current of the masses in order to say, no, I'm going to take control over this. I'm going to actually do something about this. I'm going to take on board the information and do something different. It takes a particular kind of person to do that. And I don't know whether anyone can be that kind of person. You know, I, I hope that people can. I hope that anyone can be reasoned with into taking the courageous action. I don't know if everybody can be, but I hope that they can. And I think that, that should be everybody's individual journey that they go on. And I definitely hope that since 2020, which is you know the latest big psyop that's happened, I hope that a lot of people, they actually apply that thinking into other areas of their life. They say, okay, I'm going to look at the facts, look at the facts on the table, and I'm going to believe what is factual, not believe what is safe and what makes me feel good. So I'll just move on to the second quote at this point regarding the masses, which is, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. This one's by C.S. Lewis, and it's a pretty common one, so you've probably heard this one before. I don't actually know when this quote was written, but this rings completely true today. The people who actually are calling things as they are, who are saying, no, you know, like, this is what the world is actually like, and these are the things that we should be doing, the things that we should not be doing, they appear to have lost their mind. And it's actually often only in retrospect that those people are proven right. You know, if you if you look back through history, a lot of people were considered to be kind of heretics because they went against the grain, you know, even though it was clearly obvious um, in hindsight that that's the case. And, you know, I generally think that truth always wins out in the end. So I think that, you know, probably 20 or 30 years from now, it might not even take that long. People will look back on, on that period of kind of, you know, 2019, 2020 to, you know, maybe 2022 or, or whenever it is, that kind of two or three year period where people were lost in this mass hysteria over COVID. I think people will look back and just say, it was obvious you know, and probably history will write that, oh, well, you know, nobody, nobody knew, you know, everyone went along with this thing. Oftentimes it's just assumed that everyone went along with it, but probably this has happened in other periods of history as well. When there were mass hysterias, there was people who were speaking out, they were ignored at the time, they were vindicated in history, but their names weren't remembered. And I think that's definitely something that we could see. And I think it will happen in our lifetimes. This isn't actually something that's going to be going to take so long because, you know, the kind of flow of information now happens so fast that, we don't have to wait generations for this to happen. You know, I mean, when we're talking about things that happened in the past, sometimes it's taking, you know, 100 or 200 years for the truth to really come out and for a proper understanding, a proper kind of sober understanding of what happened to occur. But now with the internet, it's going to speed that up a lot faster. It's going to happen within our lifetime. So, you know, maybe we actually do break this cycle. Maybe because people of that generation will still be around to say, hey, you know, I was there and uh, and I was the person who was running in the opposite, opposite direction of the crowd and I was ignored. So... We'll see how that one plays out. All right, so we'll keep moving on and uh, I'll try and go a little bit faster because it is one of the things I've been uh, thinking that I need to do this year after getting some feedback on the podcast, which is just ramble a bit less. So uh, I'll try to be a bit more concise. And if you're wondering why my voice sounds a bit different, it's because it's day two now of this recording. I'm doing this in two parts and my voice is always a lot deeper in the morning than it is in the afternoon. So the next set of quotes I've got here that I've put together is actually for those people who have taken that decision and said, you know, I'm going to go in my own direction. I'm going to kind of like spiritually disconnect from what the rest of society is doing, even if not doing anything necessarily physically. It's just that kind of knowing that, you know, you you don't believe that narrative anymore. You don't believe in the system anymore. 
And I think this is a journey that a lot of people have, have gone on. And it wasn't a journey which only started for me in 2020. There had been a few touches for me. But in 2020, I, I feel like that's where it really pushed me over the line to a complete kind of spiritual disassociation with the mainstream where you kind of just stop believing anything in it. And you just say, right, okay, I'm going to trust in my own convictions here and follow truth as I see it. So the first one, I'll get straight into it, is it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. This one's by Krishnamurti. And it's another relatively well-known quote. And I think that this one really just speaks for itself. When we see things that are going on around us that we consider to be unjust or immoral, I think there is an onus on the individual to recognize it. And that doesn't only count if the thing you're witnessing is on a personal or individual level, or perhaps you're in a minority of people who actually see that thing as immoral. Actually, that thing can be a widespread immorality. And at least for me, when I look at the world today, I think that it is a sick society. I think the idea that most people have to work well into their 70s and most people are spending their lives in some kind of debt slavery, whether that's paying off a mortgage or paying off a loan. You know, it used to be the case that a household was sustainable on a single parent income. And now, even in many cases, when you have two parents working, it's still not enough to sustain a household. Inflation is running rampant, people having their savings stolen. And that's even before we start getting into the assault on our freedoms, which just seems to be commonplace now. So for me, it's obvious that we're living in a sick society. And I actually think that the whole woke movement, I think that part of what that's about is to keep us from focusing on those things. You know, if we're all sitting around, first of all, dividing ourselves into groups and then saying, well, how is that particular group oppressed? How are trans people being disadvantaged or this, that or the other thing? I'm not saying that those things aren't something we should be focusing on, but we actually have a systemic level of sickness, which I think is the low hanging fruit, which we should all be focusing on, which is why are we in this situation? Why are people finding it so hard? Why are people struggling so much? You know, why are people in this perpetual debt cycle? I think that those are the primary issues that people should be focused on and that these more identity politics based issues, there's a place for them. You know, I'm not saying that if a group is being genuinely oppressed, and obviously there's debate as to whether some of these groups are being genuinely oppressed, but if they are being genuinely oppressed, sure, let's address that issue. But I think that the, the most important thing is to actually recognize that we are living in a sick society. And uh, just to go back to the quote, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. I think that that's something we should all think about. If we have adjusted to that society, in many ways, you know, maybe you have half a million dollars worth of debt and you think that that's normal. Maybe you have kids, but you never see them because you're working 16 hour days. Maybe you're lining up to get a pharmaceutical product, which you don't need in order to keep some kind of freedom. Now, I'm not expecting that many people listening to this will be in those categories, but I at least think it's important to remind ourselves, if we're not one of those people, that we're not crazy. And I think that's what this quote achieves. All right, so the next quote that I lined up, which I think speaks to our times, is one by David Icke. So trigger warning to those people who either think that David Icke is, you know, a crazy conspiracy theorist or those people who are so far down the conspiracy rabbit hole that you think that David Icke is actually controlled opposition. But anyway, the quote is, life so often gives you your greatest gift brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare. And I actually discovered this quote relatively recently, but it's something that I've talked about quite a lot on this podcast with various guests, which is that I've noticed that a lot of people in the freedom community have actually had a lot of positive things happen in their life after seeing the events that happened in 2020 and becoming somewhat of a dissident. If you're new to the podcast, then I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to episode number seven with Joel Rafidi called COVID-19 is a Collective Rite of Passage. Since that episode, I've thought quite a lot about this concept, which Joel articulates pretty well in that episode, which is that I think a lot of people go through life avoiding adversity of any kind. I think that as humans, we naturally seek comfort and we naturally seek safety. And oftentimes we don't actually go through those trials and tribulations that really form us into better versions of ourselves. I think that if nothing else, when you have an assault on your freedoms or you see things to be happening in the world that are morally repugnant to you, that this is actually an opportunity to grow. 
And so when we're hearing about things like vaccine passports and CBDCs and all these kind of things, which could put you in a state of fear and might seem like a nightmare, but actually if you just use that as a catalyst and say, okay, what, how am I going to overcome this in my own life? What are the challenges in front of me that I have to overcome in order to transcend these things? And I think that that can be a huge gift and definitely presents an opportunity to go on a journey of self-actualization. And I'll go straight into the next one here because I think it ties in nicely. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired and success achieved. That was by Helen Keller. And actually, this is a theme that I think we've touched on quite a lot in this podcast, which is that suffering can be viewed in two ways. It can be viewed, first of all, something that you explicitly want to avoid. But the other way it can be viewed is that suffering presents an opportunity to strengthen the character and to find ways to overcome it. So I would just say that generally, if people are going through some kind of suffering, you can look at that two ways. The first way is to say, okay, well, suffering is normal and natural and part of the human condition and we just have to kind of put up with it and the other way to look at it is to say suffering is giving me a sign it's kind of giving my soul a sign that I need to make some kind of change and my job is to strengthen my character in order to overcome the suffering and I actually think that a lot of people they hold the form of you they actually think that suffering is something which is just natural and you just have to learn to live with it and there are some kinds of suffering which I would say are in that category but I would say that many of the types of suffering that people put in that category such as being in debt or having a terrible work-life balance or being unhealthy a lot of these types of suffering actually are not natural, or at least they're not necessary. But if we can shift our perception and see the opportunity in these things, then I think we can individually grow. And actually, this quote was not on my list, but it seems a good time to bring it up right now, which is that hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. I don't actually remember where this one was from, even though I quote it quite often. But I think this is almost like a macro way of looking at exactly what I'm talking about here, which is that on a collective level, this individual journey that that I'm talking about here of kind of taking adversity and kind of growing and developing from it. I think that when you look at it on a macro level, that's where you see these kind of big swings and cycles in society. And when society actually is too comfortable, when there is minimal suffering, people don't actually feel that imperative to develop their character. But when you have hard times, it forces people to ask deeper questions about their own nature because people don't want to suffer. And that forces you to look at society and the world that you live in and say, what are the things that are causing me suffering? And what can I do in my own life to overcome that? So just to zoom out for a second, because why am I talking about all this stuff? I guess I've been thinking quite a lot about this podcast and the kind of conversations I've been having and where it's been going. And I think when I first started, it was very much in the weeds of the politics of the day. You know, what's happening out there in the world? You know, how do we defend our freedom? And that's still important. It's still stuff that I want to talk about. But I also think that one of the most interesting things that's happening now is the shift that's happening on a personal level and that's happening on a macro level as a result of that from lots of individuals coming together and saying, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to shift my perspective. I'm not going to trust the mainstream. I'm not going to just take what's been given to me. I'm actually going to try to live a life of more self-sovereignty and more integrity and more authenticity and all of these things. And these are the kind of things that I want to talk about in this podcast. That's where I want to take things. I want to talk more about that. I want to talk more about individuals who are freeing themselves from the matrix, but not from a point of view of kind of doom and gloom, but actually from more of a perspective of you know, let's get excited about this. Let's get excited about all of the amazing things that are on the horizon that actually empower the individual to live a life of more meaning and of more purpose and especially of more freedom. And just on a personal level, I've just had so many great things happen in the past couple of years. You know, really off the back of starting this podcast, everything has changed changed for me in terms of my career, you know, where I'm living. I've made some really great friends who I respect very deeply and that's all come about through starting this podcast. Uh, you know, I've met people who are listeners. I've had people who I've even bumped into someone uh, who was a listener, which was a pretty surreal moment. And I've also had the opportunity to give people a floor to share their own views. You know, when I spoke to Alex Mitchell, I think it was earlier this year, about his experience of being vaccine injured, you know, I just thought, what an inspirational guy, like what a 
pleasure that I've got to speak to this guy. And of course, YouTube gave me a strike immediately after it. And I just didn't care. You know, I didn't, I didn't care at all. In fact, all I thought was, this is just one more reason for me to get off these mainstream platforms. You know, they are the old media and I don't want any part of that. And if I lose listeners as a result of it, then that's absolutely fine. You know, I'm, I'm completely at peace with that because I don't want to compromise my content for listeners. You know, that's not what it's about for me. It would be great to be able to monetize this podcast. It would be great to be able to earn a living off this. But if that never happens, then I'm absolutely at peace with that. You know, the most important thing is that I'm able to have important conversations that raise my spirit and hopefully raise the spirit of other people who are listening to them as well. But also I've had a lot of challenges over the past couple of years that I definitely want to learn from, from doing this podcast. You know, first of all, especially in the past year, I've really, really struggled to have enough time to create the content I want to create, to have the conversations I want to have. You know, it takes a lot of time finding guests, recording the episode, scheduling the episodes, recording the episodes. Then there's all the editing that comes with it. And unfortunately, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to editing. So I put a lot of time and energy into all that. So that's something I want to improve on this year in terms of just general time management. Also, it's hard because I do a lot of traveling and having to have my equipment with me and, you know, dealing with really bad Wi-Fi, etc. This causes a lot of challenges as well. And also one of the biggest ones for me is my own mental state. You know, sometimes I feel very much in the mental state to have a conversation. I feel kind of fluid with it. Things are clicking. But when things aren't going so well and you're not in a positive mental state, it's hard being a content creator. You know, I've had some difficult things happen in my personal life over the past couple of years. And when that happens, you know, it's hard to do a conversation. It's really hard to get on the microphone and to feel like you're on top of your game. That's something that's hard to do, but I'm sure that, you know, everyone who's a content creator has to deal with that. And, you know, you have to then just make the decision, you know, do I record or do I sit this one out? And, uh, you know, I think it's it's okay to do both. You know, I, I forgive myself for when I, you know, have to have little breaks from doing this. And also sometimes you just have to be able to do it. You have to be able to just, you know, get on the mic and just put aside the personal struggles that you're having and uh, create content because, you know, that's kind of what this, this stuff demands. And finally, for me, one of the biggest challenges, and that's actually the reason why I'm doing this episode today, is that people keep telling me you need to just speak more, you know, from the heart to your audience and kind of give them content which is authentic to you rather than having everything through a conversation. You know, and that's that's been really difficult for me. Literally every single one of my episodes since the first one has been a conversation. And that's because I find conversations easier. I find it easier to just get my own thoughts out in those conversations. But when I'm just here with the mic on my own, I find that really, really hard, you know, just speaking and actually giving something which is useful to people. You know, I've always been carrying this kind of imposter syndrome around probably since starting this podcast, which is why would anyone actually want to listen to what I have to say? But actually, I've had a huge increase in listeners this year. You know, my um, my audience has grown a lot. And obviously, people people do care. And so this is my first kind of foray into doing that. And I definitely hope to do more of these as and when they arise. And when there's a theme that I really feel burning passion to talk about, I'm going to try to pick up the mic and actually just flow with my own stream of consciousness. So yeah, this is my first foray into doing that. And I'm really interested to know what you guys think. Like, please do give me comments if you're in the Telegram group shoot me a message on Telegram, send me a message on Twitter or whatever it is you want to contact me. I really want to know that I'm creating content that you guys want to hear and that you're interested in. It'd be really great to know how this one is received and my other episodes and the kind of stuff that you guys like to hear, what you want to hear more of, etc. And you know, even though I'm not releasing tons and tons of episodes, I try to keep to a publishing schedule of a minimum one episode every two weeks. I don't always stick to that, but I also try to be respectful of my listeners. I don't want to just put content out for the sake of it. I think that there's so many podcasts and great content creators out there who are worth listening to. And so when I create content, I want it to be of high value. I mean, sometimes I do have episodes which I just don't decide to publish. You know, I've recorded conversations which I just say, you know, this isn't good enough. Like this isn't quality enough. I want people to be getting a lot of value. And if I just feel like it's not offering something to people, 
I don't want to put it out. So, you know, I'm always open to ideas of how I can kind of give more value. And I definitely want this podcast to be one that people feel like getting a lot of value from. Even if there isn't, you know, two or three episodes being published a week, I would rather have a podcast with fewer episodes and high value, higher signal conversation than just having a lot of content. And uh, that's what I seek out in a podcast. So that's what I hope to give you guys as well. All right, one final thing before I sign this one off is that I think I'm going to take the podcast audio only. I've already stopped putting the podcast on YouTube because of censorship. And I did move over to Rumble for a while, but honestly, I'm just not getting enough people watching on there to justify the effort it takes to make these episodes in video. So I think I'm just going to go audio only. So yeah, I apologize to the few people who are watching it as video. I might try to keep it on Rumble and just, you know, put a piece of artwork or something on there. At the moment, I'm just spending a good chunk of my time dealing with video issues related to the podcast. And there's just not enough people out there watching to justify it. So I'm going to have a think about my options there. But I think that for now, I expect this audio will go audio only, at least for the foreseeable future. All right, I'm going to leave this one here. So thank you to everybody who has listened this far on this episode. And thanks to everyone who has been listening over the past couple of years and supporting me. And especially those who have donated, whether that's on buy me a coffee and everyone who sent bitcoin tips and boosts on fountain i really appreciate all of you i will see you on the next one